just me, you know. Hallelujah. Praise God. Who knows? You never know. Love you, Brother Rouse. You come obey the Lord tonight. God bless him. Give him a good Bendale welcome. Appreciate you, Elder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? So is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? God, I glorify you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your goodness. Come on, somebody ought to lift their voice all across this house. Come on, we serve a mighty, 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 mighty good God. He's faithful. He's just. His word is true. Come on, let God be true and every man a liar. Come on, he's able. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Uh, if the ushers would come. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just picking, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> You'll be seated. Uh, me and Brother Moore was joking about that before I got up here, so that's the only reason I said that. Amen. He was on his way. Y'all saw him? He was, he was two steps in. Amen. Hallelujah. My family would come. Amen. I'm excited about uh, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law being in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Amen. I think I see at least one of their kids back there. Amen. So excited about what God's doing. Amen. We serve an awesome, awesome God. Amen. There is nothing uh, too hard for the Lord, nothing that he cannot accomplish. Amen. If you came into the house of the Lord tonight searching and seeking for something, amen, it can be found in the mighty name of Jesus Christ in this house tonight. If you came empty, you can leave here full. If you came here bitter, you can leave here with all that emptied out in the presence of the Lord, knowing that God is in control. Hallelujah. And uh, so thankful. Amen. Y'all just let me know when you're ready. Amen. Y'all, where's our drummer at? Praise God. There he's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as we said and we think about the goodness of the Lord, you know, there's times when things seem hard and things seem like they're never going to work out. But you know, when you surrender it into the hands of God, He's able to take care of every need, every problem, every situation. Hallelujah. He is faithful. He's just. And you know, I found out that when I began to call on the name of the Lord, I don't serve a God that's deaf. I don't serve a God that's hard of hearing. But I serve a God that's able to hear me when I call. I mean, the Word of God tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord hears them, and He delivers them out of them all. How many is thankful that you serve a God like that tonight in the house of the Lord? I said, how many is thankful you serve a God like that in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to ask my wife. And will you testify for us right quick? I just put it on the spot. Amen. Don't let her fool you, though. Amen. Testify for us, honey. God's been good to us. And just thank you for all his blessings. Whenever we stepped out a year ago, we didn't know where we were going or how we would get by. <laughs> but trusting God and leaning on him, he has been better to us than I feel like anybody else. He has blessed us so much. And I just thank you for everything. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Worship the Lord with us as they sing tonight.
going to get extra money either way. So. <laughs> it's, it's an honor to be here. praised all across the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many is looking forward to that day? Hallelujah. What a glorious day that will be. Hallelujah. I said, what a glorious day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody ought to give him some glory in this house. Oh, God. Hallelujah. 
Come on, you want to lift your voice. Come on, you want to lift your voice. How many's looking with expectation toward those eastern skies? Oh, there's coming a day. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Those that wait for him will gladly receive him. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you reach over, grab somebody by the hand? Amen, if it's appropriate for you. Put your arm around their shoulder, whatever's best. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, I wonder, would you speak the name of Jesus over your brother, over your sister, over your husband, over your wife, over your children? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I speak your name, Jesus. I plead your blood over every family represented here in the house of the Lord tonight. God, over every man, woman, boy, and girl that's under the sound of my voice tonight, God. Lord, I pray that your anointing will flood out of these four walls. God, flow out into this parking lot. God, flow out into this street, up and down this highway, God. Up and down these roads, God, I pray, God, that you would wake people up, that you would stir people up. God, let them know that you are moving, that you are moving, that you are shaking, that you are stirring, God, that you're making a difference in anyone that will allow you to touch them, God. Lord, that anyone that will be willing to push past the veil of their flesh and reach out and touch the hem of your garment, God, that you're willing to move in their life like never before, like never before in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for your goodness and your glory, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many came to church tonight to have church? I said, how many came to church tonight to have church? Hallelujah. Amen. Can I tell you, it's God's will for you to leave here tonight different than the way you came. If you came without the Holy Ghost tonight, it's God's will for you to leave here full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you feel cold in your spirit, He wants to light a fire on the inside of you. If you're lukewarm, come on, before He spews you out of His mouth, I wonder what would happen if you said, God, touch my lips with the coals off of your altar. Set me a place with your power. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, James chapter 5, verse number 14. James chapter 5, verse number 14. You've already heard a portion of this quoted tonight by Pastor Moore. Amen. But this is what I feel on my heart tonight in the house of the Lord. James chapter 5, Verse number four, once again, I do want to say what an honor it is, amen, to be here with Brother Moore, amen, give honor to him, give honor to his wife, your first lady, Sister Moore, amen. How many is thankful for your pastor and pastor's wife? Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. There's one thing I found out about this couple is that they are real and they're genuine, amen. Hallelujah. James chapter 5, verse number 14. says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. 
the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much James is talking about the power and the importance of prayer and then he brings up one of the greatest Old Testament prophets that we know and says Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit James said he was a man subject to like passions as we are what that phrase means is that life affected him just like it affects you and me. It means that Elijah was just like you and he was just like me. I wonder, would you lay your Bibles down right now across the house of the Lord? I feel such a precious touch of the Holy Ghost in this house. I wonder, would you lift your hands? Would you help me pray together right now all across the house of the Lord? Jesus. God, I come before you right now. God, I pray that you would empty me of myself, my own ideas, my own opinions. God, and I pray that you would fill me with your holy anointing. God, Lord, I pray that your anointing would destroy every yoke of bondage in this house. Bind up the brokenhearted and set every captive soul free. God, Lord, we know that you have come, God, to open the prison doors of them that are bound. God, to bind up the broken. God, Lord, we know that you're not finished moving and working in this house tonight. God, let there be liberty in the house tonight because we know the way the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. God, there are men and women that need to be liberated in this house tonight, God. They need to be set free in their minds, God. Use me as an instrument, as a tool for your glory, God. Anoint every ear to hear your word and every heart and every mind to receive, God. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Lord, let it be said that it was because of your anointing. Let's clap our hands one more time. Come on, I wonder what somebody shouting to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Maybe you feel a little defeated right now. But I wonder, would you still lift up a shout of triumph in this house? Saying, I might not feel it right now, but I'm believing that one day I'm going to have my voice of triumph back in the presence of God. God, I glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you and what the Lord's laid on my heart today. Amen. I tried getting away from it. Amen. But I just couldn't. Amen. So I just want to do my best to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. Is that all right? Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody tonight, arise. There's more to your story. Amen. Arise. There's more to your story. Amen. James is teaching us in James the fifth chapter about prayer and he lets us know that there is power in effectual fervent prayer 
He lets us know that there is power in, in a prayer that is active and that it is hot and it's fresh and it's mighty and there's some work being put into that prayer. That word fervent means hot. It means to boil, to glow. And what the apostle was trying to let us know is that when we really get down to business with God that things will begin to happen and things will begin to change in our lives. Those situations that seem bigger than we are because in fact they are bigger than our own abilities. They are bigger than our own skill sets. But when we begin to call on the name of the Lord and we begin to get down to business and push everything else aside and say nothing else matters in my life but touching Jesus. Nothing else matters in my spirit but touching the hem of his garment. Nothing else matters to me if I've got to lay on my face and cry. If I've got to lay on my face and sweat great drops of sweat then that's what I'm willing to do so God can make a way in my life and in my home and in my spirit. Can I tell you it's this kind of prayer that causes things to begin to happen. It's that kind of prayer that'll cause the windows of heaven to be opened up. It's that kind of fervent prayer that God will begin to move and work in your life. And to bring home his point, James reminds us of Brother Elijah. And he says, I want you to remember that Elijah prayed that it would not rain. For three and a half years, the heavens were shut up by this one man's prayer. And I want you to know that it was by that one man's prayer that the heavens were once again opened up. And the fruit began to be produced again upon the earth. It was by the effectual, fervent prayer of this mighty man of God that things began to happen and things began to take place. And can I be real honest and transparent with you here tonight? It's real easy for us to read about men like this and to look at their stories from the Word of God. And it's easy for us to view men and women in the Bible and the Word of God is almost as non-human with some type of special abilities where they're kind of apart from what's going on around them but James made it very clear he said I want you to understand that even though Elijah had a mighty walk with God he was a man that struggled just like you and just like me he was a man that lived life every day from one day to the next. He had his problems just like you have your problems. He was a man that was affected by life around him. The first time that we see the prophet Elijah in the word of God is in 1 Kings chapter 17. Furthermore, it's almost like he just explodes onto the scene out of nowhere. 
And we find him standing in the presence of King Ahab and the man that was married to one of the most wicked women in the word of God, Jezebel. And we find him boldly proclaiming to the king of Israel, it will not rain until I say it's going to rain. Can I tell you something? This man did not just walk into the presence of the king and just blurt out something to be blurting it out. But the word of God lets us know that he had already been in prayer. He had already touched the throne of God and he already knew what God was going to do. Can I tell somebody tonight, we've got to make up our minds. Hey, as long as I'm in a prayer meeting, I'm going to ask God, what is your will and what is your desire for me? What is it that you need for me to do? I'm not willing to go of my own strength and of my own power but I need God moving in my life. Hallelujah. Elijah had already touched the throne of God. That's why he could boldly say with confidence that it will not rain. That's why he could stand and proclaim Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've already heard from God. And I know what he's going to do. It's here that this man of God has such a relationship with God. He's so close to God that he can request things of God. And God honors him. And God moves and works in his life. And I tell somebody tonight in the house of God, it's God's will for you to be close to him. It's God's will for you to fall on your face and ask him for direction in your life. It's God's will for you to pray fervently. It's God's will for you to lay everything else aside and say all that matters is that I touch the throne of God. All that matters is that he knows where I am. (laughs) There. The man of God leaves the palace and the Lord directs him to the book Cherith. There, he says, the ravens are going to bring you your meal. The ravens are going to sustain you and they're going to feed you. That word Cherith means to cut to destroy or consume. And can I tell you that sometimes God leads us into places that are meant to consume things out of our lives. Sometimes God leads us in places that might not feel good. But can I tell you, God is working in our lives. Can I tell you that God personally sustains us. God personally looks over us when we find ourselves in the middle of His will. Even when we find ourselves wandering is this really what God has for me? And I tell you, God is able to keep you and God is able to sustain you. He will not leave you and He will not forsake you. But even in the middle of the driest times of your life, God is there and God is with you. You need to let Him work on your spirit, work on your mind, and work on your heart. He's moving in ways that we cannot comprehend and that we cannot understand. There at the brook, God sustains His man. What a miracle 
Pastor Moore, for the birds to bring in the food, the ravens to be divinely orchestrated by God to sustain this mighty man of God. How many people could say, hey, I went where God told me and God fed me by the birds of the air. They brought my meals to me. Come, you're talking about DoorDash before there was ever a DoorDash. These ravens brought the food right where the man of God was, right where it needed to be. And can I tell you that no matter where you are, God is able to find you and God is able to feed you and God is able to sustain you. God is able to keep you. Hey, it might be by a dirty, nasty little bird, but it doesn't matter. God's able. God is able to sustain your life. Then the book, the brook dries up, and the word of God comes to the man of God and says, Now get up from where you are and go down to Zarephath, for there I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. And in my mind, when I read that, I picture in my mind before Elijah ever gets to this little widow's house, before he ever walks through the gates of the city, God is communicating with this widow and letting her know, I've got a work for you to do. God said, I have commanded this widow woman. This was a woman that no doubt had a relationship with God because she was able to hear the voice of God and God had an of confidence in this little widow woman to send his man there to be sustained. Can I tell somebody tonight in the house of the Lord that one ounce of your faithfulness to God does not go unnoticed. One inch of your faithfulness to God does not go unnoticed. But every hour, every minute, every second that you put into the kingdom of God, God has a record and God depends on you and God can count on you to do his work and to do his will. <laughs> what a testimony. And here, now, the, the man of God doesn't find the widow woman in the best of circumstances, but she has been affected by the famine and by the drought just like everybody else around her. And there she's out in the front yard picking up just a couple of sticks. And in her mind, she already knows what's going to happen. Her and her son, she's going to go in and she's got just enough oil and just enough meal to make one more meal for her and for her son. They're going to eat that and then they're going to die. She already has it written out on the pages of her mind. This is as far as we're going. We've put up a good fight. We've lasted for a little while. But now it's running out. All the provisions are getting low. And this is our last meal. Almost like prisoners on death row. It won't be long now. This is our final meal. We're going to eat and then we're going to die. But can I tell somebody tonight that God is not that forgetful, but he remembers. Can I tell you, he remembers. And he's looking at that little widow woman saying, if you only knew what I was about to do in your life, if you only knew how my hand was about to deliver, if you only knew 
You've already wrote your own story. You need to step back and let God write your story. Can I tell you what I felt in prayer today? I felt like there would be people in the house of the Lord tonight. That you've already finished writing your story. I feel like there's people in the house of the Lord tonight. That you've said to yourself, this may be the last service that I ever make it to. This might be the last little bit of energy and the last little bit of effort that I've got left. Oh, but can I tell you that Jesus is in this house to meet you? Can I tell you that Jesus has seen your faithfulness down through the years and your good works have not been forgotten? Can I tell you, Pastor Moore, if somebody just carries water to the man of God, God honors it. God can I tell you just a little glass of water just a little bit and God says I remember that hey write that down he just brought the man of God a little glass of water don't forget it because one day I'm going to open up a flood in his life and repay him I will repay her for her faithfulness to the man of God Just lift our hands together all across the house. Hallelujah. Come on, I wonder, would you lift your voice for me right now? Oh, I already know how it ends, preacher. I've looked as far ahead as I can, and it ain't looking good. But then shows up the man of God. But he don't, he's not just a man of God, but he's heard from God. God has told him, I'm about to do a work for this little widow woman. And he shows up and says, can you get me some water? And she said, oh yeah, I can get you some water. And she turns with her two little sticks and she begins to make her way back into the house. And, and then maybe she's thinking, well, uh, maybe, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm not going to have to give my last little bit of meal this time. Uh, maybe I'll get a chance. Maybe I'll, we'll be able to prolong this a little bit longer. But uh, as she goes and in, going into the house, the man of God calls after her and says, hey, could you also bake uh, me a cake and, and, and bring it to me and in her desperation she breaks down and she begins to cry out and say hey all I got's just a little bit just a little handful of meal just enough for me and my son a cake and the man of God says I understand but would you make for me just a little cake first and then make for you and your son can I tell you there's a lot of people that try to make living for God seem like it's overbearing and burdensome but can I tell you what God is looking for is just for you to be willing to take that first little step and once you take that first little step he'll step in and blow your mind over and over and time after time here's a little cake here's a little bit and God will reward and God will bless I just want to ease your mind a little bit. 
God said, if you'll do this, the meal barrel's not going to run empty. And that cruise of oil is not going to run dry. And there she goes in. She makes the man of God a cake. She makes for her and for her son. Oh, and when she goes back to get another meal out of the meal barrel, there's enough for her, for the man of God, and for her, and for her son. Every time she goes back, there's enough oil, and there's enough meal in the barrel. Can I tell you, God is not slack concerning His promise. There's not one single word of God that will fall to the ground but it will not return void it accomplishes what it is sent out to do and I tell somebody tonight God's not finished God's not done writing your story you've already wrote the final chapter but God says relinquish the pen and let me write and let me write on the tables of your heart and let me write a story with a good ending let me write a story of deliverance and salvation in your life and in your home. She had already laid down. But God said, you need to get up. It's not finished yet. It's not done yet. Oh, what a mighty miracle. The meal barrel that didn't run dry. The cruise of oil that never ran out. What a mighty miracle. Oh, the little son, the same little widow woman, finds not too long later her son dies. And she's holding on, clinging on to that boy, to that son. Brother Ford, that's all she's got left. That's all she's got is that son. Her husband's gone. And I believe we talked about it a little bit the other night. According to custom, he was the one that was to be her provider. And he was the one that was to look after his widowed mother. And now here she is holding this little son, this little child in her arms. He's gone. He's breathed his life, last breath. And the man of God looks. And as she, out of her pain and her hurt, she's saying, what did I do so? bad that I deserve to feel this pain, that I deserve to feel this heartache and can I tell you tonight with every ounce of passion that is within me and every ounce of burden that I have on my spirit right now, can I tell you sometimes you just gotta let go of what feels lifeless and put it in the hands of God and let God take care of it sometimes you gotta let go and let God God, move in your spirit. Give me, give me a son. Let me see. You don't understand, preacher. I, I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go. Give me, give me your son. Oh, and the man of God takes him up into the law. Stretches him out on the bed, lays over him, covers him, and begins to pray over him. And before long, the breath of God comes back into that young man. And now what was dead is being led down the steps by the hand. What had to be carried up in his arms is now walking down the steps, holding his hand. Can I tell you what you allow to go up to heaven? God is able to renew it. And God is able to restore it. What you put in 
God's hands. It might be going up looking dead to you. But when God pours it back out on you, it's going to be full of life and full of joy. God is able. What a, what a mighty miracle. Wrought by the hands of this mighty man of God. It's not going to rain. And it doesn't rain. The birds come and feed him like God commands them. God, he goes to the widow's house and there the, the meal barrel never runs out and the cruise of oil never wanes, never runs dry. Oh, the widow's son is brought back to life by the prayers of this mighty man of God. Oh, what a mighty man. This man that goes and says, how long Will you hawk between two opinions? You've got to make up your mind, Israel. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God? What a, what a bold, mighty man of God to stand up against a backslidden nation and tell them it's time for you to make up your mind. Who will you serve? He said, I've got enough confidence in my God to tell you to bring all 850 of your false prophets and get them to call on the name of their God. And if he answers by fire, then I'll worship that God. And all of Israel will worship Baal. But if my God answers by fire, then that's the God that we're going to serve. What confidence! What faith in God! What a man of prayer that he had enough confidence in God to say, you go first. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm playing with a loaded deck. I already know what's going on. I got my dice loaded. I already know what's happening. Hey, this ain't even fair for you, Bill, because you're serving a God that can't even hear you. You're serving a God that don't even have hands that can reach out to you. Hey, you're serving a God that's cold as stone and you're expecting to call fire down from heaven. He can't do it and neither can you. But I serve a God that answers by fire. Can I tell you, the fire will show what's real and what ain't real. There's a lot of religions, a lot of things, but there's only one that has the fire, and that's the Holy Ghost and fire. Can I tell you, John the Baptist, he made it very clear. He said, hey, I'm not the one, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. I can only baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Can I say it for you again? He that cometh after me shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God, help me, Jesus. So, so, enough confidence. So go ahead and build your altar. Go ahead and do your little chants, do your little prayers. And here he stands. Here he stands. I know at least 450 showed up. 
And the prophets of Baal, because it mentions them again, that they were there, and there were 400 prophets of the groves. But we know for a fact that the prophets of Baal actually came to the ceremony. There was 450 of them, and they began to do their little rituals, and they began to go through their motions of worship. But can I tell you, it was a spectacle. It was a sight to behold. It was a sight to look at. Man, they were knocking the altar down. They were, they were displacing the stones and displacing the rocks. But can I tell you, there was no fire in their worship. And I tell you, there was no spirit of God in their worship. All it was was empty words and empty chants. And Elijah would stand back and say, hey, why don't you shout just a little louder? Maybe your God's asleep. Hey, 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 maybe you should just wait a moment. Maybe, maybe he's off on a war somewhere fighting a battle. And I tell you tonight in the house of God, we serve a God that can fight battles and rain down the fire at the same time, we serve a God that can conquer and heal. At the same time, we serve a God that can destroy and make alive. At the very same time. God help me, Jesus. I'm getting distracted. Hallelujah. What a, what a mighty man of God. He gives them their time. He gives them their space. And finally... He says, all right, that's enough of this, this false worship. God help me, Jesus. That's enough of these shenanigans. Man, you're just putting on a, a, it's a pretty good show. But you know what? There's nothing legitimate about it. You get all this rubble out of the way. And let's build an altar to God. See, he started. He started over. And he built his altar. He repaired and he, he built in there. The, the trench is dug around and the 12 barrels are poured over and the ditch is full around and the sacrifice is soaked. And he says, I want to let you know <laughs> in a time when there was scarcity of water, scarcity of water, this man of God knew, hey, God's about to turn things around. God's about to send the rain. But before he sends the rain, he's going to send the fire. Before he sends the rain, he's about to consume some things and he's about to make himself known in this place. Can I tell somebody right now that in the driest times of your life, that's when God can be made known to you more than at any other time in your life. Hey, you're waiting on the rain to come, but while you're waiting on the rain, what you need to do is experience the fire of God that burns away and consumes anything that is not like God. While you're waiting on the rain, just let God consume everything out of your life that's not like Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And there, he prays a little simple prayer. Fire falls out of heaven, consumes the sacrifice, consumes the altar, licks up all the water, even licks up all the dust, leaves nothing to be questioned. This is the one true God. Gather up all those false prophets. Let's take them down by the river. Let's put an end to this travesty. 
Let's put an end to this false worship. Let's let God know we mean business. Let's let God know we have no room for Baal in our lives anymore. Let's let God know we have no room for idols in our lives anymore. Let's let God know we have no room for sin in our lives anymore. I'm telling you tonight about a mighty man of God named Elijah that knew what it was like to see miracles, that knew what it was like to pray and for God to shut the heavens. He knew what it was like to pray and for God to bring life into a lifeless child. He knew what it was like to pray and call fire down from heaven. And he knew what it was like to once again pray for God to open up the heavens and for the rain to fall and for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon him and for this man to outrun the king who's, who's driving a chariot with horses outrun him to the city. Can I tell you, this was a mighty man of God. And it's easy. My wife would make her way to the music. It's easy to look at this man and say everything was perfect and everything was just right in his life. But in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not the life, thy life, as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, oh Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my friends. I'm going to look at you, lift your hands with me right now, all across the house of the Lord. Would you lift your voice? Come on, all across this place. Oh, what a mighty man of God caught fire down out of heaven. <laughs> saw miracles saw miracles but now he sits down and he says God enough is enough I can't take anymore I'm going to preach to some deep deep feelings in the house of the Lord tonight that I come to preach to some deep, deep feelings in the house of the Lord tonight. There are those of you under the sound of my voice tonight that you've heard the words, I can't take anymore. If you feel like Elijah saying, it is enough. God, I thought you said you wouldn't put more on me than I could bear. But enough's enough. You see, James wanted to make it clear that Elijah 
saw God do great, great things because he prayed. But don't let that fool you. He still dealt with life. And he still dealt with depression to the point that he said, I see no point in going on anymore. God help me in this house. I said, God help us in this house right now. He caught on a Word of God goes on to say that as he lay underneath that juniper tree that the angel of the Lord came to where he was shook him and told him arise and eat and he shook himself and he eats what was provided for him fresh off the cold and he falls back asleep again until the Lord comes yet the second time and shakes him. Says, Arise and eat. Because this journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights under horror mouth of God. I want to tell somebody here in the house of the Lord tonight, you've already laid down. You've already finished writing out the story of your life. And you say, well, I guess that this is all that life is ever going to be for me. I guess this is the only reward that I'm ever going to get out of life. I've, I've already experienced the better days of life. And if nothing's ever getting better for me anymore, it's all downhill from here. I might as well just lay here. I might as well just give up. But I wonder if in the house of the Lord tonight, you can feel the power of God shaking you down to the very core, saying, get up and eat, for the journey's too much for you. I'm taking you out from under this juniper tree and I'm going to put you on the mount of God. I'm going to put you in a place where you can see my glory. <laughs> can I tell you there's times that we just get that day to day man. And it's just enough for one day. And it's just enough for one service to the next. Oh, but I'm thankful that sometimes there's that word that God says you got to get up and eat. Because it's going to last you for a season. It's going to be more than just one or two days. But what you're about to receive right now is going to carry you all the way through. Until you're standing on the mountain again. Until you're experiencing the power and the glory of God. I've come to tell somebody tonight Get up, get up There's more to your story <laughs> i come to tell somebody tonight God's not finished with you God's not finished with you. Oh, he makes his way to the mount. 
And there's a wind. God's not in the wind. There's an earthquake, but God's not in the earthquake. There's a still small voice that says, I'm not finished with you, Elijah. I'm not done with you. Can anybody hear that still small voice tonight? Saying, child, I'm not done with you. It's time for you to get up. Elijah, I still got people for you to anoint. I still got kings for you to lay your hands on their head and let them know, hey, you're going you're gonna to take the throne. You're, you're going to be mightily used by God. And not only that, there's a man of God out there that doesn't even know he's called yet. That doesn't even know that the hand of God is on his life yet. I need you to pass by Elisha and let him know that the master has need of him. tell you it's easy to say enough's enough life gets us there for the Lord and it's easy to say God I, what do you expect out of me what do you expect out of me God how much more can I do how much more can I give but God said there's people that you, you haven't touched yet there's people's hearts that you haven't spoken life over yet. There's great men and women out there that are just waiting for an Elijah to come along and let them know that God wants you and God desires you. Can I tell you tonight under the sound of my voice, I've come to let you know tonight that God wants you, that God desires you, that God has a plan for your life in the middle of everything that's going on in my own personal spirit. I want to cry out to you and tell you that the master has need of you. The master wants you. Give me for being transparent and make you cry with what I'm facing in my own personal spirit right now. Or either I can look at you and tell you that God has brought me here to tell you that He loves you. I'm going to persecute the church of the living God. I'm going to tell you what I feel in my spirit tonight. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to God. You may have spoken bad about the, about the one God Jesus named folks before. You may have talked dirty about him. You, you may have even ran some of them down in the ground, but that's all right. God's still got a plan for your life. Where you going, Saul? I'm going to bind them up. But on his way, a light shined from heaven and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Is it hard for you to kick against the pricks? You know I've been reaching for you, Saul. You know I've been tugging on your heart. You know I've been dealing with you. Does it hurt to fight against what I want to do in your life? And as he lay on the ground,
a street called straight. Arise and go to a street called straight. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to do a work in your life. You may not know who I'm talking about tonight because I'm using the name Saul. You might know him better as the Apostle Paul. You might know him better as the author of over one-third of the books in the New Testament. Oh, because he was a man that met God on the street. And God said, I'm not finished with your life. Get up. Get up. vessel of honor. I've chosen you to carry my name. Oh, I've chosen you to be my man. And nothing's going to change my mind. Come on, I've come to curse and to rebuke that spirit of depression. I've come to rebuke that anxiety off of somebody's mind tonight and tell you it's time for you to get up. God's not finished with you. God's not done working in your life. God's not through using you for his glory. Once a vessel, you're still a vessel. Let him fill you up again. Let him clothe you again. came in and laid hands on him his eyes were open and he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he arose and he was baptized calling on the name of the Lord just like the apostle Peter said in Acts 2 and 38 then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and with many other words that he enjoyed and testified to them saying save yourselves from this untoward generation the only one you can save tonight is you the only one you can save tonight is yourself Come on, I wonder, is there anybody you realize, hey, my story's not finished yet. My story's not done yet. Come on, there's folks down in these doctors praying, but there's others you need to grab a hold of the revelation. And no matter what I think, and no matter how I feel about myself, God is still reaching for me, and God is still calling for me, and God's still tugging on my life. Would you come? Come on, if you don't know much about how to pray, come down here and ask me and I'll tell you. I'll put the mic down and I'll tell you how to pray. I'll tell you how to get a hold of God. If you don't understand how to clap to God for repentance, come down here and I'll talk to you. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on, let's pray all across this sanctuary right now. Come on, other man, woman, boy, and girl. Come on, I don't want anybody left out tonight. But I want everybody to realize, hey, hey, tonight's my night. Hey, I know I can get up from underneath this I don't have to lay here and die. I don't have to lay here and suffer. But I can get up and go to the mountain of God. And there I can hear a voice that calls me to something greater than myself. That's something greater than my depression. Something greater than my sorrow. Something greater than my fear. 
The past says, I will not let you go. I will not turn you loose. But God said his spirit is raising up a stand against every memory, against everything that would exalt itself, against what God is doing in your life. God said to tell you that the blood is still enough. You have been covered and you have been sealed by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Satan said, I have defeated you, but God said, I'm not finished moving in your life. Sin said, I have destroyed you, but God said, I have restored you by my mighty spirit. Walk in the fullness of his truth right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. to him all across this house. Come on, get up. There's more to your story. There's more to your story. You're right on the edge. You're right on the verge of something great in your life. And the devil says, I'm going to snuff you out before you can see the glory of God. I'm going to destroy you before you see the fullness of what God's doing in your spirit. Your heart feels so 
way the Bible calls him the author and finisher. Hallelujah. I'm glad, amen, that he could turn it around. He can put the enemy under our feet and change the outcomes when everybody else is losing hope and everybody else say, I don't see it going to happen. But just think, uh, you got a God's working on your side. And God puts it all together. Here's the bottom line. I want to get out of here. How about you? I want to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. For that's what it's really all about. What I've attained or hadn't attained or experienced in this life really won't matter. All that's going to matter, amen, is when that moment happens. Hallelujah. We're caught up with him in the clouds, amen, to be on that other side. Being a finished product of the mercy and grace and the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God working in our lives. Thank you again, Brother Rouse. What a beautiful job. Ministering and bringing the Word of God to us again tonight. Appreciate him so much. Appreciate this family. Amen. Brother Sister McClurry. Y'all done an awesome job, brother. I'll tell you right now. Praise God. <laughs> I like that. I like that party stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you. I mean, this is the greatest party there is. Sister White told me right out there. I slipped back there. I wanted to let her know I appreciate her coming. Amen. You know, Brother White's 91. Sister White came and she, she said, you know, we come by a few weeks ago and said, man, this place is wrapped up. She said, I went home and she said, I told somebody that folks must be having a party. This is where the party's happening. This is where the excitement's going to be. This is where you can come and get whatever you got a need of. This God covers all the bases. <laughs> Folks, you can get drunk here and won't have to worry about getting over you. Amen. When you leave this house, drunk of the power of the Holy Ghost. God sent angels to drive that automobile better than you can anyway. God loves you tonight. I love you tonight. Appreciate you, your commitment. We're going to try to have church tomorrow night. They, they predicting going to close school, going to do all that. If it's too bad a weather for you to come, that's fine. I understand. But I'm not counseling tonight. We're going to show up. God's going to work it out. Hallelujah. Sometimes they blow it a little out of proportion. I'm not against them. They, they announce do what they got to do. But with good God, good God's good grace and mercy, we'll be back here tomorrow night. 6.30 prayer time. 7 o'clock service time. And I'm praying for the winds of another place to blow in this house and shake this place. Stir us up. Hallelujah. We're in revival. Amen. We're putting the devil under our feet. Victory's in our hearts, our minds, and spirits. And ain't no sense in backing up. How many times you going to strike? <laughs> All right, man. We're going to keep on striking. Hallelujah. Until we totally drive it out. Hallelujah. Yo, look at Sister Judy over there. Brand new little baby girl this evening. Huh? Praise God. You just never know, do you? She called me during the prayer time and said, hey. She said, they, I believe it was yesterday they told you. Four. All right. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Going to be praying for this little girl. God bless it. God just, God knows. God knows. Hallelujah. You know, you know, we're blessed, folks. Good homes, good families, good church, good church family. We're blessed. Praise God. Let's pray. Pray for this little baby. Pray this situation. We're not going to mention names or nothing like that. Can't do all that. You know, we're going to be safe here. But God, God knows. God sees. Amen. God knows and God sees. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he's working it all out. He's going to work it out for our favor. Amen. For his favor. Whatever it may be. 
Bless you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Appreciate you. Let's don't forget Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Sister Deanna's, amen, baby shower. The fellowship hall, 7 o'clock Thursday night. Don't forget about it. Amen. That's probably one of the first time this church has ever had a baby shower that the baby's going to be there. <laughs> Woo, everybody's got to come. They got to come, amen, to see the baby. God bless you.